Okay, yes, we're live. It's official. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Tim Heidecker. It's Friday. It is April Fool's, so uh, uh, we have a bit of a surprise for you. Here in the studio is Bruce Springsteen and uh, George W. Bush. No, just kidding. We didn't have any. It just occurred to me that we had, we were doing this on April Fool's, and if, you know, people expect stuff like that from us, always be ready for anything. Do you have any April Fool's Day uh, plans tonight, Doug? Tonight? We, Tim, you know we don't celebrate April Fool's. I That's know. amateur hour. That's true. Every other day of the year. Yeah. <laughs> we take a day off today, and we do serious stuff. That's true. That's what we're doing today. Uh, we are here in the studio... Uh, with two uh, legends, I think, Jeff Parker and Steve Gunn. Are you on mic? Yeah, you are. You're yes, labbed up. So. Yeah, you're yes. labbed up. Just do a mic check. Two, hey, two, two, two. Hello, hey, hey. Two. Hey, check, hey. check. Yo, yo. And DJ Doug Pound is here. Hello. Vic check Berger one, woke up with a what he's claimed was a sore throat. I assume he's just. I, I think he's... he's I is think that a joke? Is that the April Fool's? He's making that shit up. I think he's uh, like back in the high school days. I'm embarrassed because I came down and Steve was here. My, you're, you're a little off mic. Oh, I'm a little off mic? Yeah. And Steve said, good, he did the old, good to see you again. I said long time no <laughs> see. Long time no see. <laughs> might as well do drops. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I was losing my mind. <laughs> and I didn't realize, but we had met many years ago. A long time ago. My feelings weren't hurt that you didn't remember. It's okay. And we grew up, well, we didn't grow up together, but in the college, day, went to college around the same time, at the same college? Yeah. Did, were we in any classes together? Were you in film school? I was, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. You'd think I would remember a Steve Gunn. <laughs> right? Did you change your name? Were you under another name? No. Well, that would have been embarrassing. <laughs> I was uh, we Steve Schneider. Camp- we definitely like hung out on campus. I remember you had a shaved head. I was a not. I was a skinhead Nazi. I was a white powder guy. You had a shaved head in college too. Yeah. Well, not know, a shaved head. I, I don't like know a crew why cut. I remember that. But I had like a crew cut. Why? Because I was into hard right. Politics, <laughs> the, the white shoelaces. And then when did you switch? Very recently. Um, um, with uh, 2004. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we all, I, this, you should see the tattoos I have. Not good. <laughs> you have to wear the long sleeves to cover up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeff, we've never met. Nope, never no, never met. Do you know who I am? Familiar with my uh, work? Uh, of it? And it's yeah, fine. It's okay. If you're a- not. Any answer is safe here. Uh, no. Thank you. I feel good about that. I feel okay with that. <laughs> now, Doug is from Chicago. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that's not a question. No, I've seen you perform many times with Tortoise, and um, I saw you at recently, well, not that recently, but at that bar on Fig when you were playing Monday Nights. Yeah, I rec- I I recognize you. I uh, definitely. I think I was probably standing next to someone you actually knew, and I was like, "Hi, I'm friends with someone you know." 
Do you live here in in L.A.? Yeah, I live. Oh, I live in Altadena. Oh, okay, cool. Well, this was just down the street for you. Yep. Not to don't Mm -hmm. give my address out. (laughs) (laughs) You got Pasadena, and you have the alternate Dina. That's the one. That's nice. You like you like it out there? I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're neighbors now. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe we'll become friends. I don't know. Yes. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) Um. Well. We saw you guys last night at Zebulon. Some uh, great show. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, Steve, you you're playing uh, with a but you're playing with the band tonight. Playing with the band tonight. Are you playing with the band tonight as well? Yes. Your band? Uh, kind of. This man, these keeps falling out of my you can, ear. Oh, here's the trick: you go over the back. Okay. And then up and over. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, there you go. Okay, okay. thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually playing with the group that I play with on Monday nights. The group that you saw. Oh, you yeah. are where? Uh, tonight at uh, Zebulon. Oh, cool. Where do you play Monday nights again? What's it called? It's, it's called ETA. It's on uh, in Highland Park. Uh, oh, wow. Fifty six uh, Avenue, fifty six in Figueroa. Okay, it's a hot band. I, I just saw them time. last Monday, and it was very, very good. I've never been invited. It's very good to <laughs> go. <laughs> you do, and it's a standing appointment. You're just—that's what you do Mondays. Yeah, most. I mean, the thing ever since things have opened back up, like everybody's getting really busy now. So I don't know when we'll be able to do it again. Oh, because the band you play with have other obligations. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we're good. I just, I just wanted to clarify that. Thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Steve, you, you have an album that it's just has come out fairly recently, right? This year? Yeah. It came out like in late August, early September. Of last year. Yes. And are you, are you so you guys are on tour. Is this a tour? It is. It's kind of, it hasn't taken flight yet because okay. we're here. Or we're playing at Zebulon three. You're playing Zebulon three, three. nights. <laughs> yeah, at three. No, that, well, last night was our first night, and then we have two more. Right. And then we go on the road and go all the way up to Vancouver. Is it a van tour situation? It's Jeff's vehicle. It's really nice. What kind yeah. of vehicle? Uh, it's a, <laughs> a minivan. Okay, so it's a minivan tour. Yeah, minivan tour. <laughs> But when you hit the road, you're not bringing other people. It's just the two of you. And our associate, Michael. And Michael. Yeah. So it's the three of us. What do you put on the, what do you listen to in the van? Do you figure it out yet? Is it quiet? Is there talking? Not much if you, talking. Let's, 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 uh, Doug's uh, ambiance of the van and highway sounds. Now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Let's just, let, let's role play. Okay. Who's driving? You're driving? It's Michael's your car. driving. Michael's driving. Michael's driving. Michael, get in here. Michael. Come (laughs) kneel down. Use that microphone. And we're gonna simulate Okay, you're 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 about an hour into the you're about an hour into the drive. And take it away. Scene and scene. I know they break the wall. 
I'm in. I'm usually in the passenger. Okay, seat. so make that happen. <laughs> so you I'm, gotta. I'm usually in the back. Jesse's usually in the back. Steve's sitting shotgun. Okay. We're usually listening. I like to listen to the WFMU archive of like I have. There's a handful of shows I like to listen to okay. all the time, and WWOZ in New Orleans. There's oh. like a few shows, and they're like three hour shows, which is kind of nice for drives. And Steve's like, Can we put on WMMR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put on WISP. <laughs> Philly. Definitely. Um, Classic rock. Sometimes I'll pop my headphones in <laughs> okay. to, to maybe listen to something different. Yeah. See, I like to do that when I'm in a road trip situation yeah. and I feel like it's kind of rude. I'm worried that it's rude, but I don't think it's rude. Once you get once you get moving, no one no one's feelings are hurt. I want to be in my own zone and <laughs> it's easier for I'm oh, sorry. I, I excuse. I think that should be a more acceptable thing to do is to listen to whatever you want in your. That's because I noise canceling headphones. I listen. I like to listen to a lot of dumb stuff sometimes. Like what? What do you mean by dumb stuff? In sync? I don't know. Yeah, Podcast, maybe if new... I'm feeling it, you know. No, or like pop music, or I have sometimes my attention span is is different, and I feel like I want to listen to just kind of maybe. Things that I wouldn't necessarily listen to, just to kind of because I'm sitting still in a in a moving vehicle, right? And have time. I have trouble reading in the van. Oh, that's really hard. Yeah. So I'm just sort of like, you know, watching the road. How about you, Jeff? What What are you putting on? Me, I'm usually in the back listening. To, uh, I usually have my my headphones in, and I'm usually listening to jazz. Jazz. Joe Henderson or Thelonious Monk. Recordings of people playing 20 questions. <laughs> That'd be a fun podcast, 20 questions. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Do you know the song 21 Questions by... There's um, It's like a rap song. 21 Questions? Yeah. I know 31 Flavors. Is that what it's called? It's 50 Cent and J. Period. Yeah, it's a great song. Let's hear but it. It's not 20. Uh, this will be our, our entree into... It's a great song. Songwriting analysis. Very long It's about answer. a breakup. We're going to talk about songwriting analysis. Is oh, yeah. Is it, this is um, 50 Cent? Yeah. Oh, I know this song. I know that beat. Was that, that was Nate Dogg. Or no, that was that Nate, Nate Dogg scene. Have either of you been sampled on a hip-hop song? Uh, yes. In From uh, Tortoise? Or? No, from... Uh, Chicago Underground uh, Core Trio, and then I forget who the what sampled they, it. I think it was Black Milk hmm. sampled it. Black Milk, yeah. I don't know Black. Do you know Black, Black Milk? Milk? That's a cool name, though. Um, he's from uh, Detroit, I think. <clears throat> he's a producer from Detroit. Um, Steve, yes. Um, what? How, uh, where, why? That's just, that's a game. Go through a wheel of those four <laughs> things and you have to choose which one to start with. But, I mean, basic question, like, how do you, how do you approach starting to write a song? What is the first part of that process? That, is, 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 is there a system that you have in your life to control that? Or is it hard to uh, have any control over it? It kind of comes in little bits. I play, sometimes I'll, 
play a lot of little guitar here and there. Yeah. And I say, ooh, that sounds good. Right. I'll maybe record it on my phone, or sometimes I have a, I have a little studio at home, but I have a little Zoom recorder, so I kind of try to keep little things that I come up with and then move on. I tend to like do all kinds of stuff and then re-listen back and revisit things. I guess. Right. Um, and then I, you know, then I'll if if I like something, I'll try to piece it together, make a demo, and then. Try to come up with some words. Maybe think of some ideas. So the the music starts things off. I think so. Yeah, yeah. First. Is the lyrics are the lyrics kind of a, a sec? Well, they're secondary by the fact that you're starting that part part after the music is kind of starting to establish. So you're yeah. Are you looking for words that suit the the vibe of the music? Sometimes. Do you have things that you'd want to get out of you? What what you, there's ideas and thoughts you want to get out? That, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I think it's sort of I'll write about pontificate about something that I'm thinking about. I don't like to, I like be, to be very specific. specific. I don't like to be like confessional or here I am. It's not autobiographical. This, this cool dude walking down the street. I kind of like to think a little differently. And it's I like I don't know. I'm sort of I like to experiment with words. Did you just eat your words, literally? Me? <laughs> it's all this carbonation. It is. That's what I, I We burp expecting. freely on this show, by the way. Oh, I burp okay. loudly and freely and frequently. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to uh, What's your, swallow it. You can't hide anything from me. <laughs> um, what about you, Jeff? What's your process to, to use a overdone word um i mean it's kind of similar to steve's i um i mean it usually starts with well either improvising for me um or just an idea like a A phrase um, musical phrase sometimes sometimes it's just uh I kind of rely on processes a lot, you know? So like, what do you mean by that? Like I might have, you know, what if I try this? And it's more about me trying, um, <clears throat> like having an idea of a way to uh, to make music more than the actual music ideas. Like I could like kind of, okay, I'm going to create pads of sound and then like move them around and see what happens. Right. Like that type of thing. I make a lot of my music like that, actually. So experimenting with different uh, like parameters. Yeah. Yeah. Or like a blueprint, you know, like I'm... um, Like, I might have, like, uh, like a a score, like, or um, I'll, like, lay out a series of events that I want to happen. And it doesn't even matter what the music is. It's more about, like, me creating this sequence of events. How do you do that practically? What is the thing you're doing? Is it in a program? Is it on paper? Is it 
Yeah. Just in your head? Like, what is the practical, like, uh, nuts and bolts of it? Um, I mean, it could be, like, uh, I mean, for instance, I I recently, um, I composed a piece for this contemporary music group called Dalniente, and, um, <clears throat> I mean, what I did is in, is in, um, this program called Ableton Live. We, I, I think Doug's a master of yeah, that, right? Not a master of that. He's a master. I, I have that. <laughs> I play with it. <laughs> but I knew the thing that I wanted to do was <clears throat> I kind of created these these pads um, with a digital delay pedal and some filtering. And I knew that I just was going to make these pads. And then I just made a bunch of them. And then I just kind of like moved them, around. Can move them around. When you yeah. made a pad, do you mean like you created all in Ableton, like it's a chord or as a sample? It's a sample. Like I, uh, it's, like, it's like a guitar. Well, I, I recorded myself making these pads and then I edited them together to make a chord progression. And then I kind of, uh, put melodies on top of that and it wasn't it was more i knew that that's how i wanted to make the piece of music and it was more about the process right. than actually the um, finished product yeah but you're happy with the finished product yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, so when you're making it, it's like you don't know what the what it's going to be until you get there, right? That's pretty yeah. cool. When you're when maybe this is more for live than recording or writing, but when you're improvising, especially, well, I guess two different ways. When you're improvising solo, that's a whole other experience because you're just in a in your own head and you're not collaborating with somebody. But when you are collaborating with somebody, how do you? Is it just from years and years of doing it? that you know how to s- structure that to some degree so it's not just chaos? How um, do you know how to improvise with other people? Um, or how I mean, do you improvise with other yeah. people? <laughs> uh, I mean, you kind of prepare for it, you know. I mean, that's what I always tell people. It's kind of like, for me, when I improvise, I try and commit. I try and commit to the moment, you know. Like, I don't want to come in and kind of have preconceived things right uh you have to be open to it yeah you have to be open to it but you also have to be in communication with the people you're like what just eye contact and or just, I mean, face, listening listening yeah, right. listening mm-hmm. um matt should we take a call just to because we i forgot that's a whole other side of this <laughs> Yeah, we forgot about that. I forgot that there's um, people. There's actually people watching this, if you could believe it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't mean it like that. I meant it. It's just funny to think that we're just talking and there's people in there with yeah, their uh, vintage T-shirts in their background. <laughs> Bailey, or did you get your audio worked out? Do you have a question? Yeah, can you hear me? Absolutely. Uh, how many songs are too many songs for an album? <laughs> well, it depends if you're uh, if you're like a pop punk group. I don't know. You can have how many songs? Forty songs. Well, what the Beatles mean? used to do like ten. This is the question you have. But on Spotify, you can do as many songs as you want. If you're a new artist, 
what's like a, should you jump in there with a bunch I think like, so should, people can really dig in. Do you want to do singles? What do you think? You should pick seven of your favorite. That's my answer. Well, so how kind do you, of like an EP. But also, I think, when for me, um, I always think in terms of an LP. Yeah. And usually each side, you have about maximum 22 minutes. That's pushing it a little far. Depending on how long your songs are, you kind of have to sequence the songs to fit the sides of each side of the LP. So that's kind of a good constraint. So you're, you're not loading up. I mean, I guess you could have a double album, but. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think we're from the same generation of like albums are singular pieces of work. Yeah. That they don't have to always be a, a rock opera or a full concept album, but they should feel like they all belong together and yeah. shouldn't be too long. And they shouldn't just be a big kitchen sink of ideas. Right. We want, right. when we make, when I make an album, when you guys make an album, it's like, this is that thing. Yeah. And if it's, if it gets too, if there's too many songs, it, it probably so a can't traditional work. idea. Okay. I think also for me, it's nice. I tend to lose perspective on a lot of stuff I do and I'm like oh gosh I have 15 songs what do I do with these I have you know it's it's good to have someone you trust to maybe like take a listen an editor give yeah, yeah editing is important someone who kind of knows your what you're doing and maybe has a maybe some guiding opinions that's, when you sequence an album do you want to make the third song the best one or That's interesting. How does yeah. that, I'm a number four guard. You're that. four. Okay. I've, I've always, that matter not in my own work, just in, when I look at the records <laughs> I love, I notice I love the fourth song the yeah. most. But mm. I always well, thought could be the third is common. You don't yes, wanna... sir. Bailey, you're, you're saying something? Oh, it's like batting cleanup, fourth. It's fourth yeah. spot. So, what's the first song going to be? Not the best song, but. An introduction, maybe? Thematic introduction? Thematic introduction. Not you don't want to top load it with your best material, maybe. Yeah, you don't want your first song to be the best one. Is it? It's no. kind of like because then the rest is a diminishing, diminishing result. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bailey was that a dog? That's like a dog's name. I've never heard of Bailey. I got that. I got that a lot growing up. <laughs> Named after actually, a... <laughs> my mom's dog's name is Bailey. Yeah, I know. I did my <laughs> you research on you. <laughs> I know everybody's moms and their dogs, and I think dog names should be more used for humans more and more. Like Re- Doug, you know, Doug's Fido name is, and Rex. Doug's and, name is Scout. Scout. Mm. I don't know. I'm sorry, Bailey. I, <laughs> well, I got that, I got that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I know Pearl S. Bailey. Didn't she write a book? It used to be the most popular dog name in the country. Really, Bailey? Where's Barnum? Yeah. Interesting. Where's so your Irish that. cream? Huh? Yeah. I say, where's Barnum? It's a family name. It's an Irish family name. You could get a dog, name him Bailey, and call him Junior. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Sorry. Let's take another call. Thanks, Bailey. Thank you, Bailey. Um, (laughs) We're bailing on Bailey. We're bailing on Bailey. Uh, Beautiful woods he's got back there. (laughs) What if we saw him get killed, but like we saw somebody come behind him, you know, (laughs) in the woods, like a guy with an axe? Just chop his head. <laughs> <laughs> Window breaks. Ah! 
<laughs> where, where are you? Where yeah, where are you, Bailey? Yeah, let's go back to Bailey. Let's stick, let's stick with Bailey. was Bailey. I already muted Bailey. I was going to know, but the we're going to unmute The trees him. are a little bare. I would maybe... Virginia. I'm going to guess... Oh, let's uh, guess. Bailey? Connecticut. Okay. Connecticut? I'm going to guess... Don't answer until we all guess, well, Bailey. Guess. Uh, I'm going to guess... Georgia. God damn Just it, Bailey. Bailey. <laughs> we were about what to... What did we just say? <laughs> Oh, I didn't hear. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. We were trying to guess. <laughs> What's up behind you? The tree's falling. <laughs> All right, Bailey. We were we had a cool game. Guess where you are, but thanks, Bailey. Uh, Jake Metzger. Jake, are you there? Hey everyone. I'm in Philly right now. Uh, just shout out oh. to Steve. He, I like yeah. how he comes in hard like it's his show. And he's got, you're it's in like, Philly? Hey, everyone. Hell yeah. Oh, you got the Phillies uh, warm-up jacket we're, on there? We're about yeah. to Philly, are you? Go Phils. Yeah, I'm actually in Westchester right now. Oh, no but way. I know it well. Temple, yeah. So I was just down there. Um, you're right You're right near where my mom lives, actually. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. cool. And Bailey. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're looking for <laughs> Bailey. Well. I'll let you guys know, but. Yeah, I was calling to check. Steve, I really liked what you said. Well, when you're going back to your lyrics and you're looking over your ideas, you mentioned the word confessional being the thing you sort of stay away from. Um, and a few years ago, Tim, I actually ran into a copy of What the Brokenhearted Do. And that's what really got me really interested into what everything else you do. I think Fear of Death is great. It was really cool hearing you talk about how collaborating on that process with Natalie brought you a lot of interesting places, challenged you as an artist. And I was interested sort of when you guys are going back to ideas that you sort of first write down on the paper, what are the things that you look for? What sticks out to you? What's some of the stuff that you're like, oh, wait, no, I don't like to do that. Um, maybe from all three of you would be cool to hear. Thank you. Um, sometimes. Like when I play, if I come up with like an interesting sort of guitar thing. You, sometimes it's the words that kind of have to like go with the music, mm -hmm. which is so it's sort of a random fit. It might not make any sense, but the sort of delivery and, and enunciation of the words is kind of a part of the music. Definitely. And sometimes if you're just sort of sitting around and just kind of pulling things out of nowhere, it's surprising sometimes that can often be the most interesting stuff lyrically. So I think just sort of one of the things that I do is just kind of I'll play something over and over and over again. And like if I if it's an interesting word that kind of fits into it, I'll write it down. And uh, it was interesting to hear Jeff talk about his process because I don't really set I often don't set out to write a song like point A to point B resolve you know, D, how wonderful it all is. It's more of a kind of push and pull of like experimenting and and really what sounds good, I guess. And then if something sounds really dumb, I can kind of like maybe, maybe massage it a little bit and maybe try to make it make a little sense, a little more sense maybe. But I don't know if that answers your question. But. I was just going to um, add that... Um I, I sometimes it helps to like put yourself in the mode of some of another artist or think about how mm, yeah. you know you're. Um, this is going to sound like a Bruce Springsteen song. It's going to sound like a Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. <laughs> well, 
that's dangerous, maybe. But, you know. I know what you mean, though. It's like, uh, how would Randy Newman do this? And, mm-hmm. and that, like, gets me going. And then I have to work back from that. Oh, I mm-hmm. kind of strip that away then. Like, mm-hmm. But um, it gets me going. Gets me gets me started. And I always find I end up, like, it's hard to write. I find, do you find, like, it happens in big, like, waves? Yeah, yeah. Like, there'll be just months where I'm just, like, nothing and picks up, pick up a guitar, sit at the piano and nothing. Yeah. And then I'll start, that's something, like, I get turned on by something, and then I've, like, four songs come out. Mm-hmm, yeah. You gotta wait for the, the muse to come to you? Wave of inspiration. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think it's, like, the subconscious kind of... You're unlocking you're, something. Yeah, yeah. I'm a very, like, slow composer, man. I feel like I write something every few years, if it seems like. Really? <laughs> do you have to dedicate time and do you have to give yourself time to to do that work? Like, do you, do you have do, to make yeah. yourself do it? Like, I do, Like, yeah. make it a scheduled yeah. thing? Yeah. Because this is your life. Yeah. This is your yeah. life. Here comes Bailey and your mom's going to come in. But, do you like, guys work Bailey from, and Reese, there's another dog. Do you guys from, work from home or do you have a... You get out of your house to go to a dedicated studio. Yeah, I have I have a studio, you know, just a rehearsal space. That I, when I was writing my last record, I was trying to not. I was trying to like get up and like treat it like I'm gonna go to my studio for the day, get there at ten, stay till four or five, and sort of try to get into a routine. I think it's important for me to like not break that because. I felt like I was working towards you would accomplish something every day. And I think if I was kind of just dabbling in it a little bit here and there, it would, it's hard for me to, I have, I guess I have a sort of like my attention span is pretty short. So I'm trying, I try to like give myself some constraints and just do one thing and try to finish it and then move on. Um, How long, uh, how you're both very technically accomplished players i think i would say from seeing you last night how uh how fast did that come to you i'll start with you steve how fast did the technical uh playing come to you or is it something that you work that you feel like you put hours and hours and hours and hours of practice and it's still the technical stuff is still coming to me really (laughs) but i just i think i played a lot i Mm -hmm. kind of were you playing that well, like back in college? Not really. No. I, you weren't playing I, that kind of music. No, I was more doing a lot of, yeah, I was playing a lot of like a lot with a lot of effects, and I kind of went through different phases. When I was a teenager, I was playing like punk rock and hardcore, mm-hmm. and I like, you know, ended up going on this little tour of the band. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Doug's got all this. That's, Various kinds of bad find, guitar. How did you find that? <laughs> I have so cool. thousands of drops. That I, I mean, how did you find my band? Oh, band. your band. I just Googled it, and it came right up. What was your punk rock band called? Uh, oh, man. It, well, the first, band, the first band that I went on tour with, I was a sophomore in high school in the summer. Those guys were seniors, and it was a hardcore band, and they were called Reveal. Oh. Man, they're getting to the core. They're, Perfect hardcore. I mean, band. no disrespect, but it was not very good. <laughs> <laughs> the, the drumming sounded like someone was throwing a drum set down the stairs. <laughs> um, but 
I was, I was shocked. Their bass player had quit, and they asked me. I was sort of friendly with them. Yeah. And they were, hey, do you want to go on tour with us? Our bass player just quit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, sure. Um, and I kind of had to beg my parents to let me go. I was pretty young. You were in high school? Yeah. I was, yeah. Wow. I was like 15. Uh, so then I, I mean, it was monumental for me, but basically we just went around to like three different states and came back. Right. Played in, played in a few basements. <laughs> played in basements. With like yeah. Star Wars sheets, you know, like hanging on the roof. Like it was weird. It's kind of sad because those kids now are like, they're just all like with their VR headsets on now. They're not in basements having shows, right? right? Wow. Yeah. They're on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your first little tiptoe into music? Uh, man, probably, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I have to say probably church. Really? Like singing in church choir and stuff. In Chicago? No, I don't know why I, I assume you're from Chicago just because of tortoise, but you're not. No, I actually, um, I was born in Connecticut and I grew up in, in Hampton, Virginia. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, when back to your thing about technical, I mean, I mean, I used to practice a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, and it, uh, paid off. <laughs> is that what you were saying? <laughs> no, no, but that's, I mean, that's kind of just how, I mean, I'm glad that I had time to, like, dedicate to it at, at one point. What was your, in your early, like, high school, college, what were what were you playing? High school, I mean, I was, like, in, in uh, into everything. I mean, I was, like, wanting to play, like, Eddie Van Halen, you know, okay. and uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. <laughs> but also, you ever, I, I realized recently, I mean, this is probably common knowledge, but that Stevie Ray Vaughan on that uh, David Bowie song. Oh, yeah. Um, what song well, am I thinking of? And then once you hear it, you're like, I can never hear that. What, with what, it what not song? Playing. I don't know. Um, uh, just Dance or Let's Stevie dance. Ray? Let's Dance. Oh, okay. Really? Let's Dance. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> once you hear it, you're like, oh, of course that's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Yeah. Wow, so I didn't know that. Um, that's a great solo. Matt's bringing it up. That's Stevie Ray. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> it's funny. All you need to do is hear that one. Makes so much sense. Yeah. Is Are you that Doug? I'm that's not a good. Anything. That's a good sample. Just to have that boing. <laughs> yeah, that stems. That's so funny. Um. Let's take another call. <clears throat> Uh, another Tim from Podular Modcast. He's a synth head that we are friendly with. Tim? Well, let's have a caller. Hey, guys. Can are you there, Tim? Yeah, can you hear me? A little low, but... Gotcha. Turn up here. Um, no camera? Yeah. Uh, I have my camera on. Oh. Oh, that's um, on our side. Luke, can you... Um, turn me up. Yeah, just leave the Zoom on there. <laughs> That's fine. Just leave it up. Yeah. Um, Bailey, it's still Bailey? <laughs> I know, but he'll come up once he starts talking. <laughs> um, yeah, I just wanted to jump on to uh, talk about this. Uh, well, first of all, Jeff, I'm a huge Tortoise fan. Top five bands of all time, and I love the new record. Um, Wait a minute. Oh, Beatles, Stones, The Who, Floyd, <laughs> <And Tortoise>. Zeppelin. 
That's five. So, <laughs> what are we doing here? <clears throat> you know, just my personal favorite. I know. Um, but yeah, I have a I have a podcast called Podular Modcast. Doug's been a guest. Lisa Belladonna's been a guest. Uh, Kay Loggins been on, and Sam Precop from the Sea and Cake, who uh, shares a drummer with, with Jeff. Um, uh, so yeah, we just released this album called Podular Modcast and Friends. Uh, part of the the uh, show is I have a patch challenge where people build a piece of music based off of a, a two word prompt that I give them. Um, so I had some people uh, submit those tracks and we made a vinyl out of it. So side A is Lisa Belladonna, uh, Daedalus, Sarah Bell Reed, Lemon Jaya, and Space Racer. And then the side B is my uh, remixes of all those songs. Um, yeah, it's something. And we have a hundred baby blue. Uh, vinyl available and all the proceeds go to Mary's place, which is a, uh, a charity in Seattle that uh, helps uh, women, children, and families out of houselessness. Okay. We'll follow up with our ad sales department about this uh, commercial. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to be succinct because I didn't want to, I didn't want to take up too much time. You with wanted it, to be so succinct. I, I, I had, well, I had it all on a list here, but, uh, but yeah, I also, Tim, I, I did a cover of your song, nothing um, on my modular synth. Oh, if you want to check that out right now, I have it linked. I have it. Let's hear a little piece of it. Let's hear a sample of it. Okay, here we go. I'm just gonna switch. <laughs> Should have led uh, with that. Uh, how does it? I don't even know what he's what he's mean what he means. Knock knock knocking on heaven's door. We can hear it. Don't mess with me. <laughs> That's it. I have to take his word for it. It's great. Wait, this is a cover? Kind of disrespectful to my work. <laughs> Thank you. Well, good for you. You looks like it seems like you're having fun. <laughs> what's what's he doing? What's going <laughs> on here? So do you guys uh, bear over there? Do you guys get into that modular synth scene, Jeff and Steve? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. me, I mean a little bit. Not 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 really. I, I have I have a modular synth of a uh, just a Korg MS20 that I. I've had forever, but I don't get into it like that. See, I get I get stressed out with all those. It's a lot of wires. Yeah, like yeah. A, yeah. I get stressed out with like and... with my Wi-Fi router and stuff, yeah. plugging stuff in, and <laughs> always feels like it's beyond my understanding. One plug, one knob. That'd be my synth. I'd be my choice. Mm. <laughs> what two knobs? Volume and like Tone. how weird can it get? Modulation, <laughs> modulations and volume. He's not happy with. Do us. they have that synth? <laughs> He's not happy with us. <laughs> Should I? Tim, I am muted. Do they uh, have that synth available? Did you have more to say, modular, uh, podular, Tim? 
You have to unmute on your side. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I get these. I, I think it's funny because I also acknowledge the ridiculousness of the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, I have a lot of fun with it, and it's uh, it's very meditative. Definitely. Mm. Not as confusing as it seems. Like when you once you kind of figure out what each little like actual individual thing has its job, uh, and then you just tell it to tell something else what to do. Um, but there's, you can't quite get it to, uh, totally listen to you. So there's, there's a, a lot of people describe it as almost like a, a collaboration with some other type of semi like conscious entity or, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Cause you, you, you mean you're not entirely sure what it's going to sound like. You're just sort of experimenting. Right. Yeah, because you're using so uh, on a kind of guitar pedal, rather than like moving the knobs with your hands, you're using different types of control voltage sources with mm-hmm. various, you know, ranges of outputs, um, and then you're trying like to that. clock them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so just different function generators, and you're just kind of finding ways to, you know, mix all these different signals to uh, to make something that's that's interesting, and it leaves a lot of room for collaboration. Like for instance, I just did that thing this morning, just sang a, a verse of nothing from, from Tim's album, fear of death into my modular. And I basically got the beginning sounding cool. Everything after that, I just try to, uh, there's a level of improv, but also a level of knowing right. what my equipment does. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I can kind of navigate it, it a little range. bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. That's cool. It's really fun. Well, thank you. Thanks yeah, for thank joining you. us today. Um, Steve, what's a song of yours that you are trying to get to when you're when you write a, a new song? Or when you think what's a song of your I want I hate the word favorite, but what's a song where you're like, that's I got it I got it all in that one. That that I'm proud uh-huh. a song that you're proud of. I hmm, there's a song that I like playing a lot that's a new song of mine. Can you play it? Sure. Can you play a piece of it? Sure. It's called On the Way. And And I'll just follow along. Yeah, I'm in kind of a weird <laughs> You can. Really? You Is can it improvise. Simple? It's yeah. Is your manager's coming and say, don't, don't play this song. This is not I'll just I yeah. You're supposed to do this on tiny desk concerts <laughs> next week. I kind of just based I was listening to a lot of Brazilian music as was i and i was sort of listening i don't know just to the way that they were playing guitar and kind of came up with this and are you in a weird tuning you said in tune are you in an are you in a weird tune just in like standard but oh. um just in yeah well, tune up I for a this little capo because by, just, by the way last night you gave a capo away, gave a capo away. <laughs> that was a weird move i mean they're not it's a it's it's a substantial piece of equipment it's twelve dollars yeah. twelve dollars yeah. guys felt, on the road i that Maybe. wasn't a sold-out show. I don't know if you should be giving away capos, by the way. <laughs> you should get a capo cannon. Just shoot them out into yeah. the audience. Well, Mike, he took. Cannon. I mean, he was. He seemed excited. How so. far up the 
the neck is an acceptable limit with the capo. You can go all the way. My stop is six. Uh-huh. Because there's been debate amongst my guitar player friends. I kind I really like... But also, this, this is kind of strange, but this is tuned down a step. Mm. Because I wrote... I, I read... I don't know. I was trying to kind of free myself up a little bit, and I... A lot of like Velvet Underground songs, for instance, are written a step down. Right. And I know like some some songs that I like like. That used to be very is, common. Yeah. Is it it kind of helped me with my vocal range. Like I, all the all the strings are one just, step just down. Just one step because yeah, it's like you just a half step. Each, yeah. Half step. So you, you but then when you put the capo on the one, you're back to square one, right? So it's like a sharp. It's just a. It's like a fraction of a step. It's down a whole step from standard. And then if I do this, then it's. Then it's a full sharp. It's like, yeah. this is D sharp or whatever. But I wrote a lot of the songs, most of the songs on my new record were written just in standard with like, just tuned down a step. Like there's a song, I'll play the riff, a song called Morning River. Gives me a little more vocal because I have a, a sort of I don't know kind of mid-range voice. Yeah. I have this other song. It's a really pretty voice. Thank you. This song's called Good Wind and same thing, same tune. get a lot of use out of your pinky i notice I, yeah on I, your on your front hand your friend oh, here yeah oh yeah i guess so that is i think a muscle to that i'm not comfortable with yeah using yeah, you, I mean, do you use your pinky i use mine you do yeah. that's like the i think that's what i need to work on was that something you so, like woodshed in at some point to get the yeah. pinky Yeah, but like, I'm talking about uh, your fret. Yeah, work, yeah. You're, you're hammering down on that. See that? See that, man? I see it. <laughs> I saw it last night when you did that song last night. Yeah. In particular, I noticed. the duet you guys did was in your during your set jeff was that one of your compositions yeah that's an old song i wrote called uh, la jete it's beautiful um tortoise tortoise has recorded a version of it called jetty on tnt did you and, play uh, something me did you play something sure yeah i can uh i can try and play that that's my guitar right you grabbed yes what do you think it's just a, i like it's it. a 90s epi Sounds good. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's a, get used to playing my own instrument. It's uh, I would, uh, Steve. You do this like uh, you do this thing a lot. Yeah, that right? ride in that E shape. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I would. I've got uh, this new song that I'm coming out in a few months. But I was writing it almost thinking of you and Kurt Vile because I oh, think cool. yeah. sing, I start singing it like Kurt, uh-huh. and it goes a little like this. It goes. Uh, can I do this? And it. It's. I got Kurt to sing it with me on the record. Oh, whoa, So cool. it's this weird duet. Is this your new record? Yeah. Okay. It goes, uh, Sirens of Titan, Venus and Furs, Claudia Schiffer. My dad got me a water bed. Must have got a deal on her. Peter on that in a Baghdad hotel. Peter on that showing us Baghdad in a mom to hell. Cool. Kind of sound, mm. reminds me of Sid Barrett a little bit too. I'm on my bed, it's awesome. sloshing around, listening to Sunday morning and Venus and first. Think about the bad news. Think about the bad news. It's awesome. just that. Yeah, that's great. Killer. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's <laughs> great. <laughs> I'll send you the the track's got a real dark. Hmm. Scary tone to it. I saw, yeah, I saw you're playing some concerts in New York. Yeah. Cool. I'm trying to check New York. I invite you. <laughs> Put you okay. on the list. Okay. And then last night I was I'm getting ready for this set this weekend, and I think that's when I do a lot of writing too, is when I'm rehearsing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you get bored of your songs, right? Right. So I started doing this. No. Uh, how far is heaven? No. You don't know that? Should Can I? you pull that up? Is it oh, it's a ripoff. No, but <laughs> lyrically maybe. I ain't gonna get no You know, just like a little Nick Lowe kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Love Nick Lowe. Yeah. Lo- what is You've this? Most lonely boys. This song Big hit. <laughs> what years are we talking about here? 90s, maybe? Late, late 90s. I could hear this 2000s. at CBS. I, it's you know? funny because oh, I yeah. was, I, we got to the venue in San Diego 
the Casbah, and we had a little time. Oh, yeah, I know the Casbah. And I was walking down the street just getting some fresh air, and this dude just, like, drives by in a convertible, like, with Los Lonely Boys, like, super loud. <laughs> Hell, yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. What's, what were your, so, uh, who are your, uh, this is a Mark Maron question, who are your guys? Who are your, who are your like, songwriter songwriting heroes um, you might have different I mean I hope you have different answers yeah. it would be lame if you synced up on that I mean I kind of run I have a lot of different influences I listened to a lot of different kinds of music when I was younger um, but songwriting wise I mean I love Neil oh. I love Bob yeah you're a Bob um, guy I'm a Bob guy yeah. me too um, have you seen him this year or last mm-hmm. year? I yeah, I've seen him a couple times. Vila? Bob <laughs> <laughs> Vila. Um, I, I'm friendly. Tony Garnier oh, yeah. played on a record, not this one, but bef- the one before. The longtime <laughs> bass player for Bob. Yeah, amazing guy. And we became friendly. This is Tony Garnier. He's amazing, yeah. And thank Tony Garnier for being here tonight. He's the band leader, Tony. Um, but we... We became friendly, and I, I usually try to, to punish him for a list. Right. It, it's come through a few times. But it can, that can't be easy in New York. But it might well, be easier is, if you're in, like, Cleveland or something. Yeah, that's true. It's easier, and it's sometimes easy in New York because he'll play the Beacon Theater, like, eight nights. Right, right. And um, Oh, sorry. I saw him. Yeah, I've seen Dylan a bunch the past like couple of years. I I, was, I had tickets to go see him in San Antonio a few months uh, last month, and yeah. I got a I got a, a work thing that I had to mm-hmm. bail on. It. Have you so, seen the the rough and rowdy? No, yeah. and I can't wait. I mean, I've, like so, I've watched you like the album. Yeah, I love yeah, the album. Me too. Yeah. Love it. Love it more than probably anything else that came out. Mm-hmm. More than I mean, I'd, like it's top. It's not just like oh, I like Bob, so I like. It's like yeah. I legitimately like it on its own. Yeah, but when I was younger, that means. <laughs> I mean, songwriting-wise, you know, those that's sort of... Velvets? Yeah, big-time Velvets. That's, like, my probably number one. Are you one of these people, like, not a Beatles guy? I love Beatles. Okay. Yeah. Some people are, you know... I know, yeah. Some people have that attitude. I've come to Jeff? like the Beatles more you're, than... You're coming from a different angle. Me? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, more my music's, jazz. like, mostly instrumental. Um, but, I mean, I, I mean, I love Neil Young. I mean, he's huge... Big, big fan, big influence on me as a guitarist. Really? And just like, the, yeah. The tones I mean, and the, the Yeah, just the tones and the kind of the, the kind of space he commands with his music, you know? Just like, he's just such a, like, uh, sincere and, like, um, unique musical sensibility. I mean, that's inspiring. Um, but, you know, I mean, my... My own writing's really influenced by Thelonious Monk a lot. Yeah. Just the architecture of the way he constructs his songs, you know? There's a good uh, a good film about him, right? Yeah. Called Straight No Chaser. Straight No Chaser. His biography's really great, too. The one yeah. that came out. Yeah. The one that uh, Robin Kelly wrote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was he a troublesome guy? Monk? Was he, was, yeah. Was he, was he a, like, was he a... Uh, hard guy, or was he like a, a, a good guy? So some of those, yeah, he some was. I mean, are... he you know he he suffered from uh, mental illness, okay, which is you know he um probably the last ten years of his or 
yeah, at least maybe 15 years of his life he didn't really play, you know. Mm. He, um, he uh, you know, a lot of people thought he was he was nuts. Right. But he was, uh, he, he had, he was mentally ill, you know, he had. Right, he had, Un- like, undiagnosed. Undiagnosed, right. yeah. Untreated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why he would, hit those, he would hit those notes that are, like, wrong, right? Those, didn't, didn't he hit, like, I don't know music very much, but I, I was watching something about him, and he would do those kind of sour right. yeah. brown notes. Yeah. Not brown notes, just um, just sort of, like, Dis- d- dissonant. dissonant. Dissonant, yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't because he was mentally ill. Yeah, no, you just heard. You, that was his, Maybe that helped. <laughs> what about Joni Mitchell? You know, I, I, I want. You know how you want to like an, an artist, yeah. But it just doesn't, doesn't ring. Click. I think it's the singing. I love. I, I think I. I don't want to say that I dislike her, but I just don't find myself. That's fair enough. I, mean, I, I think she's amazing. Like she's very unique. She yeah. kind of blows a lot of those songwriters away. Yeah. As far as there's this footage of her playing a song. And it's in, it's uh, it's it's in a film recently. Can't remember what it was, what movie it was in. But it's just incredible. She's like hanging out. I think Dylan's there. Uh huh. And I think it was a Rolling Thunder review film. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, she's and doing she's Coyote. Like, she's yeah, doing coyote. she plays oh. she plays it in front of them. She's yeah, at yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Gordon yeah. Lightfoot's apartment. It's the or greatest whatever. scene. And it's like she's like, I just wow. wrote this song. Yeah, and they're and all like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, whoa. <laughs> it's huge. So she's she's amazing, but. You hate women. I quite like. I really like. <laughs> you, you think women are for one thing and one thing only, and you can't let them into your little boys' club. I get it. <laughs> no, no. I was gonna say I like. I like Mimi Farina quite a bit. Mimi and Richard Farina. I don't they know. Made, that. They made records. They're kind of around the same. Mimi Farina is Joan Baez's sister. Oh wow! And okay. her, she had this husband who sadly passed away very young. But they were a songwriting couple, and they did a bunch of records on the Vanguard label. Uh-huh. Really beautiful. Like, she plays, he plays um, dulcimer and she, she plays right. guitar. Right, I'm looking at a picture. Matt has it up here. Yeah, beautiful uh, music. Oh, he's playing it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there they are. She... Wow, so that's Joan, that's Joan Baez's sister? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and, <clears throat> and she was... And, and sadly, Richard Farina died in a car accident. Oh. Like, when he was... Pretty, I mean, just shortly. Oh, they, only, wow. they only made you know three or four albums, oh, but they're cool. wonderful and like they're I'll great session that. musicians and you know. So I think Bob kind of well, Bob was dating Joan, but then I think maybe also had he was involved with her or some. I don't know. There's some Joni, uh, or, Bob, or like Mimi. with the, both the sisters. Like oh yeah, I think yeah, yeah I think so. a, not to get listed, not to get the to. X-rated for X-rated. I also wanted to say when we were talking about like songwriting, I, I I guess I have a sort of unique, not a normal sort of songwritery kind of trajectory because I was a, just a guitar player forever, right? And I was listening to a lot of jazz and a lot of more kind of experimental music before I, I mean I always was listening to songs, but I never really started writing them until a little later. And for years and years, I was just playing with different people and improvising. Right. What are your? Fir- I don't. I mean, I don't. What's your first record? Is it just? Is it just instrumental? Uh, the first sort of song based. I did a lot of like just, you know, early two thousands 
just playing with people and you know this was a time where it was like more diy kind of stuff putting it out yourself yeah you know, it was like collaborative things my first song based record was kind of a mix of instrumentals like kind of half and half and then i kept kind of i kept i started enjoying writing more and right. kind of fell into it does does that early stuff exist um online in, in places like yeah 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 your various outlets that I won't. Um, let's take another call and then maybe we should wrap it up because it's been over an hour, which I knew it would be. Wow. Okay. See, how fi- fast. see how that goes Time by? Flies. You guys having a, ni- a nice time? Yes. Lovely. Yeah, no regrets. Sad it's over. Thank you for having us. <laughs> <laughs> Kay Loggins, our old pal. Okay. Okay. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're yes. coming in crisp and. Yeah, professional ah. mic. We- um, Kay is a fan. tremendous uh, talent herself. Thank you, Tim. I actually not to not to keep the ad train going, but I actually have another record out today myself. Um, it's like a five piece improvisational group, Crustacean Committee. Um, I won't waste any more of your time. Uh, <laughs> Talk to our ad sales department. Yeah, uh, Steve, big fan. Jeff, big fan. Um, Berkeley. Um, I saw you in October at the Goldfish with um, Patrick Shirishi and oh, uh, yeah. Max Shafi. That show, yeah, that band cooked. It was really good. Oh, thanks. Um, and uh, I uh, Amirtha, Amirtha uh, Kidambi, right? Sorry? And Amirtha? The, uh, there was a, another musician named Amirtha? Yeah, yeah, the other right. yeah, sax mm-hmm. player, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Jeremiah Chu as well, who I'm a big fan of. Um, Ooh. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I did have a, I actually have a songwriting question um, for everyone. I, it, I don't know if, if you've heard my music. I, a lot of it tends to uh, fall around like a tonal center. Like it's kind of just more driving. And I, you know, I, I dabble in more like, you know, kind of ambient electronics, sometimes dance music, like kraut rocky kind of cosmic stuff. So there's not a lot of like, you know, emotional chord changes happening. It's a lot of like one or just like one, four, one, four, one, five. And, um, you know, I feel like you, y'all, and especially Tim, like kind of have more of a, um, you know, songwriter background. And this next project that I'm working on, the solo record, uh, once the solo record in June comes out, I really want to, I made basically a long list of like bands that I listened to as a child and, and in my adolescence. And I really want to like go back and, um, really listen more specifically in like the chord progressions and the melodies and kind of how they interact, like away from just sort of the tone or the effects or just sort of that. And so I just wondered if anyone had any advice about like coming into that journey and really focusing on the like songwriting aspect with melody chord progression from someone who's used to more of a like, you know, macro heady kind of like driving single chord kind of sound. Um, I could say that something I kind of got stuck in some patterns sort of similar to what you're explaining, I think, where I'm just finding I found myself in the same tonal range every time I'm trying to write a song. And I think one thing that helped free me up was I would figure out what I was doing and maybe go on piano and play it and like maybe look and see. Mm, Yeah. You know, see where you because you can do different you can shift things differently. And melodically, you can—it's—it's—it's it's, it's a different map, and that—that um, that really helped me, just to kind of break out of my ha- habitual playing. Because for me, I just—you know—I just play. I played all the time for years and just practiced and practiced and practiced, but I never really 
I should I, I should have gotten a little more sort of technical practicality to what I was doing. So sometimes I get kind of in these like cycles of the same thing over and over again. So for me, it was just to pick up different instruments and try to play the same song in a different context. It really does was, change it. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty helpful. I was doing this. I always find like a cheap trick, not to make a pun about a great band, but a cheap trick is to play uh, a, the major version of a, of a minor chord when you don't, when you're not supposed to, you know. Oh, like so, I have this song that's like I won't play the song, but it's basically like a right, pretty classic, pretty classic. But then at the end, for sort of the coda, I start going, and it's just your ear gets refreshed. Or, yeah, and that's a major instead of the minor. Mm-hmm. But I love it. It's like what's the after, minor sound like? Well, the, the the this is the minor. So this is A major. This is B minor. So that's sort of a classic. That's like what yeah. music is supposed to do in that. But then at the end, right? It's, it's nice. It was like refreshes you. Yeah. Huh? It was the second chord, the B major. Yeah. Let me hear next to the to, minor. Okay. Not sad. Uh-huh. I'm happy. <laughs> There's a great video online that's um, Paul Simon uh, on the Dick Cavett show, and he had just seen he's that, yeah. working through. Um, that's a beautiful. Still crazy after all the. Can you find that, Matt? This is worth watching almost to wrap it up. He he. This is the best songwriting, right? You know what I'm talking yeah, about. Dude, Watch yeah. this. We can talk about it after it. Watch this, Doug. I dare. Mk. Success, well, uh, we might just want to get to him talking about the. Uh, it's a. Uh, he was oh, had this strain that going. he labored on. Well, he gets the. Yeah. He picks up the guitar. Uh, that was a lot of right. It's a good haircut yeah. workshop. It's a terrible yeah. like, haircut. <laughs> planning on doing this. I'll show you how how it actually started. Can you put that on here? Can is he gonna come in the thing? I also love how he just tunes so with his ear, with, right? Uh, me singing a, a song, the beginning of the song uh, I had. This isn't it. This Now this no. part. I know it's not crazy. It's like some song about peace. That or, comes from no, a Bach. It, it's still crazy after all these oh, years. Okay. okay. Fast forward. Maybe he does it again. Yeah, this is it. This is no, it. That's bridge over no, he's doing Bridge Over Troubled Water. Oh, okay. Just type in Paul Simon, still crazy, uh, Dick Cavett. Because, yeah, I met my old lover on the street mm. last night. There he goes. Partially right. Well, anyway, here's what I, here's oh, what yeah. I mean. It's kind of classical, too. Uh, that's a chord, right? This is a chord, yeah. It happens to be uh, an E minor seventh chord. Well, I knew that, but I... It's or, open tuning, too. No, or a G sixth. They're exactly the not, same chords. If you do oh, play an open... Oh, okay. Here's a song. Okay. Here's a song I'm working on. I haven't got it finished. I'll show you. I'll go up to the point where I've stopped, all right? All right, or maybe perhaps I can help you. And I would appreciate your help if you could, because I've been stumped here for a while. I finished a lyric for Stephen Sondheim once on the show, so go ahead. Shut up, dude. <laughs> he didn't use it, but... 
walking. I met my old lover on the street last night. She seems so glad to see me. I just smiled. What a player, right? What a so his yeah. finger work. We yeah. talked about some old times and we drank ourselves some beers. Still crazy after all these years. Oh, still crazy after all these years. I'm not the kind of man who tends to socialize. No, I seem to lean on old familiar ways. And I ain't no fool for love songs that whisper in your ears. Still crazy after all these years. Oh, still crazy after all these years. And that's where I'm stopped. Now, I'll give you my I'll give you my choices. Okay. <laughs> these are musical choices because lyrically, I really don't know what I have to say. Perhaps you'll give me the lyric. Mm-hmm. You give me the lyric, and I'll put the music in. Okay. Here I am on a on a on a D on a D nine chord. Does that mean anything to you? I heard that, that you don't know a lot about music, actually. I I, I would have gone for a D eight, yeah. uh, but that's fine. <laughs> you're you're theater people. Theater people come at music from another direction. That's true. Yeah, from um, inside. So I can go here. Here are my choices. Look here. I can go to this chord. I can go here to that yeah. chord. That's a G major. I can go. Sharp minor. That's nice. It's a little Hawaiian, but it's nice. <laughs> it's like. You know. Well, I tell you what. I'm, now, what I'm thinking mm-hmm. is roughly the scale that I've used in this song is based around a D scale. Based uh, around or based a, on? Well, you know, it's based on. The, there's oh. two sharps in the D scale, so it's based on that. Now, the one of two of the notes I haven't used in this song so far are C natural and C sharp. I haven't used them. But they're always good. And they're in a pinch. If you pull out a C natural and a C sharp, you're liable up. Have you ever reached for your C sharp and gotten your C natural? <laughs> Is that line worth going into? Go ahead, Paul. <laughs> just pretend I didn't say that. It's one of those lines that has the, that has that has the right inflection. Yes. It swings. It swings yeah. on the. Crash! I said it would be filthy. Well, anyway, my my point is that if I go to this key where I'm changing keys, I can get these notes in that I hadn't used C and C C sharp. And mm-hmm. although the, the listener will not ever consciously say those are two new notes I haven't heard, in fact, it will be refreshing to the ear. It will. In other words, it will be new. somehow more satisfying to use the complete set, even to those of us who know nothing about yes. uh, those of them. I mean, who yes. knew nothing about music. And the same principle That's would hold true. It really in, is. Uh, I, I imagine the same principle would hold true in comedy. If you if you use a, you develop a certain uh, you establish well, some kind of yeah. comedic pattern. What's, what's the guitar then? Mm. But and it's true. Do, right? What was his mate? What was his final choice? Uh, the Hawaiian notes uh, to the C. The mo- it it does change there. Mm. Uh, how does it? How's the rest of that song go? Still crazy after all these years. Mm. I mean, you can t- you can tell from the construction years. of that song that he really. He he knows uh, harmony. He 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 really knows like he's he's, he's studied. Yeah, he it's mm. very uh, yeah. 
you can tell by even the way that he talks about it. He does that song. Uh, I don't. I, I tried to learn it over over the pandemic because I was because I would watch him play it. That uh, American tune song, you know that one. Uh, but he does this. Wait, I can't. I can't remember how it goes. So this won't be good. Uh, you know the song American tune? I don't think I know it. Um, I mean, if I heard it, I may know. Many it. are the times I've been okay. yeah. mistaken. That's what that part is. But just that, like watching him play. Many are the times I've been It's almost like a classical. Like a classic. yeah. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. He actually took it from a classical yeah, piece. Like definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And then he does that. He goes. He goes to the. A major. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary to keep changing chords all the time? Yeah. Well, not everybody. <laughs> I mean, you can get into a drone thing, right? Like velvets. Pl- yeah. Velvets, yeah. I'm just kidding. But he really, watching him do that, it was like, wow. Like every every note he sang was like a whole different chord. It seems like, mm-hmm. can't you just make that work with three or four chords? But I don't know. Some of the best, I mean, some of his best songs are three chords too. Yeah. You know? Of Paul Simon. Yeah. Me and Julio mm-hmm. down by the schoolyard. Yeah. Mm. I'll take one more. One, one more, last and then question. we'll say goodbye. What time is the show tonight? Eight o'clock. Uh, doors at eight. Zebulon. Zebulon. You got to check it out. And we're also playing tomorrow night too. Saturday night. Rene Duplantier. Rene. And waiting patiently. Rene Duplantier. Yeah. Can you unmute Renee? I don't know. Hey everybody, how's it going? Hey. Great. Um just listening to y'all's records this morning off the uh the recommendation from the Patreon. Really, really cool. Um I'm like trying to uh I kind of relate to what Steve was saying because I grew up playing like punk bands, uh and I guess like since college I'm in more of like a uh trying to get away from drums moment Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of like a production question like when you're making a record that's so guitar based so uh, just i mean instrumental you know um what what are you doing to fill out like are there is there something that like you find is a good way to somehow fill it out in that um the space where the percussion was do you mean like when you're writing like i mean in the recording process primarily like a lot of sometimes yeah um drum machines are pretty helpful if you want to try to write i did this my new not not to make it about me again but mine the new record is like all in drums. oh that's great yeah and then we got a real drummer in for some little things yeah, that's and some other things. Yeah. But having that Lindrum really changed everything for that's me. That's so cool. Just for this one thing. I don't know if I'd do it again. or but It's like Prince. Yeah. Like he's a big Lindrum. Yeah. And then recording drums over top yeah. of that. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it could be helpful. I, you know, it's easy nowadays to get... You could even have a drum machine on your phone. And and I the last record I made... Um, was a lot 
I recorded it here in L.A. at Rob Schnaff's studio. Oh, yeah. And I saw him last night there. Yeah. He was, he's yeah. a scenester. He's a guy at the show. rounds. <laughs> um, but he, uh, a lot of the stuff, we, this, we were writing it kind of during when it wasn't, you know, sort of like lockdown-y kind of times, but we, we didn't have a lot of people in the studio. So it was just three of us trying to make an album. And Rob had a couple of different drum machines. So basically we were just like, finding the tempos and recording the guitars and vocals over that and building the song around that with no real drums. Um, and then the very end of the session, my friend from New York, who's an incredible drummer, uh, came and we took, you know, we took the drum, the drum machine out and he just sort of like got the tempos and it kind of glued itself together. So, so he didn't play to the drum machine. He would play with the drum machine? He would probably play with it. Yeah, I guess it would be, at certain times it would be in there, but sometimes we would just take it out and he would get the tempo and it all kind of made it feel a little more real. I heard this story about Dylan's uh, No Mercy record, Mm -hmm. the Daniel Lenoir. Yeah. And they said that, do you know about this? The production technique for that one was, it was just him and a guitar and a drum machine. Right. And like a monitor and him basically live with a drum machine playing his songs. Yeah. And that was like the basic track, but then they went in with the band and played to that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an interesting approach. Yeah. yeah, it works. You don't feel that at all with the record. It feels super organic and like it's a band in there. But mm-hmm. for some yeah. reason, it was the way they they did it. Anyways, yeah, Stevie I like Wonder the- did that too. Like he, I when when I was making this record and I brought my friend Ryan to come and play. Yeah. He was like, this is so great because I'm, he's such a huge, he's a huge Stevie Wonder mm. fan and a lot of people don't know that he he's an incredible drummer. He played all the instruments yeah. on Superstition, it's, right? Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, and that record, what, what the, it wasn't called Superstition, the record. What's it, is it called? Inner Visions? Inner Visions. Yeah. yeah. But he, oh, no. No. Or, no. What's the record that has Superstition on it? Yeah. <laughs> is it called Superstition? Uh, I think it's called Superstition. Fulfilling this there's like four of those yeah. early '70s that were like all came out like one after the other. Talking book, talking uh, book. But also, no, there's another one. He did in the city. Oh, in the city. Gosh, Intervisions. Um, Intervisions. Yeah, that's yeah. It's Intervisions. But he apparently he did all the drums at the end. Did yeah. you see like Summer? Of, did you see Summer of Soul? Yeah, yeah, incredible. You see him play drums in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. That, that was like yeah. a showstopper like, moment. Yeah. It was yeah. like a, part of his show probably was to like incredible. Yeah, yeah, incredible drummer. I wonder um, if he still plays. Like he's still. He do you think he like has a kid somewhere to play for fun, or is he too cool. old? Too old. <laughs> <laughs> it's not nice. <laughs> I'm sure he still plays. Does well, that answer your question? Do you, I, I mean? I, okay. Word Renee. Right yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yes. All right, well, let's let these boys get back to their day. I know it's a lot on a show day. What are you going to do the rest of the day? Wait? Yeah, <laughs> get some food. Yeah, I mean, I have domestic. I have to pick my son up from school. Oh, yeah. How old is your son? He's 10. I have an 8-year-old. Oh, Yeah, awesome. daughter. Great. Completely different situation. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming thank down. You. And have a great show. Have a great tour. Thank you great much. to see thanks, you again. Great to meet us. you, Jeff. Me too. Thanks. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. yeah thanks too. to the patrons for watching. And anybody listening later, enjoy it.
enjoy listen, enjoy, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah.